Welcome back to the Serve to Perform podcast. I am your host, Delaney Osborne, and today we are joined with a very special guest, Miss Michelle Knight. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, so we're going to kind of break down Michelle's background, how she's gotten to the point that she's at today, and how she is and who she is, okay? So let's dive right into it. Michelle, tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your family, um, and then how you got to this Northwest Arkansas area. Okay, well, thank you very much for having me, Delaney. So the one thing I can say is that I, I came from a family of immigrants. Uh, they immigrated from, from Europe, and we... I remember them working just really, really hard yeah. as um, they began to learn the language and they were going to school. And so I grew up watching my parents do a number of uh, things, including all the family things, including learning a new culture, including going to school and getting their PhD. Yeah. Um, and so that's what uh, how I grew up. So yeah. it was a little different than a regular I guess, American way of yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and honestly, probably watching your family almost grow up in the United States too, or like grow into who they are now, it was probably pretty cool as a child to be able to kind of grow with them, so to speak. Well, it really was, especially yeah. because my father spoke eight languages, my mother spoke four languages, speaks oh four gosh, languages. Yeah. And as a result of that, you're exposed to various cultures yeah. that um, you may not be otherwise. And so that was introduced into our family, yeah. which just made us you know, really well-rounded yeah. in terms of how we see the world. Yeah, it gave you that diversity that some people might not have had growing up. Yeah. So did you grow up in Northwest Arkansas, or where did you grow up? Yeah, actually, I grew up in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Okay. And we stayed there for a while before I ended up uh, joining the military okay. when I was 17. And I stayed in the military for nine years active and 11 years reserve. Wow. Traveled all over the world. What was really nice about that was seeing all the different cultures mm -hmm. again and being able to work with people with completely different backgrounds yeah. and growing and learning uh, what makes people tick and how are you effective in your mission, You know, what kind of behaviors do you need to do, especially in different cultures. So all of that was just a, you know, an acceleration from what I had already learned growing up in my own family. Yeah, yeah. So you said you were 17 years old. So what is 17-year-old Michelle thinking when she gets to the Army, right? You were in the branch of I the military was, army? Yes. Okay, so tell me what a 17-year-old Michelle is thinking when she steps into basic training or when she steps yeah. into any of that. Well, she thinks this is great fun because I was a tomboy growing up. You know, I was just uh, always, always outside doing yeah. stuff. And I thought, this is fun. I can do this. Lo and behold, it was a lot harder than I anticipated um, it was a lot harder than I anticipated at that age yeah. to have that kind of discipline and that kind of rigor physically and mentally yeah. where you didn't get to sleep sometimes for three days or, you know, eating was sporadic. And I had to deal with all of those things just like anyone does when yeah. they're going in. And at 17, it was a shift. It was a culture shift, especially because I went straight to Germany. Okay. And so um, from the from the United States... After basic training and their schooling, I went straight to Germany, which was, again, another yeah. kind of shift that you had, I had to get used to. Yeah. So you said nine years active and 11 years reserves, correct? So after nine years of active duty, going into the reserves, what are your thoughts? What were your thoughts? How was that transition? Yeah. So the at about nine years, a lot of soldiers might say, 
you know, I'm either going to make a career of it yeah. or I'm going to sit in it part-time yeah. or I'm going to get out completely. So that was a choice I had to make. So I evaluated what I wanted to do with my life mm -hmm. going forward, and I wanted to have the best of both worlds. Okay. So I wanted to have my foot into the military. I loved it. Yeah. And yet I also wanted to have my foot into the corporate world. Yeah. And so that's how I ended up doing both of those things. Wow. Wow. That's so cool. And thank you for your service, first off. I mean, 20 years, that's crazy. And to look back on it now, you're probably like, yeah, those 20 years were crazy. Yeah. Um, and to be able to say you grew up and evolved and developed into the person you are today is just so cool after those 20 years of, of rigorous time. I mean, that's a lot of time. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a huge chunk of your life. So you said you would have been about 37 when you were right. done. Okay. So tell me about that transition. You went from active to reserves and then reserves to finished. How was that? Well, so at the end, after the nine years, I finished my schooling, got mm -hmm. my master's degree, and then took the took a first job that got me into talent and training and development. Yeah. And so I could still continue on with my reserve duty. Yeah. Uh, and so then at the age of 37, when I was finished, about 20, after 21 years, I went uh I just immersed myself into the corporate world of learning yeah. and development yeah. and talent management. Yeah. And so that's really, it was a natural, it was just a natural evolution. Yeah. 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 Kind of almost like you had evolved through the schooling you went through, right? What did you get your master's in? Um, it's really uh, management with an HR emphasis Okay, is gotcha. what it was. Gotcha. So then, so going through that, right? Going through active duty, getting your master's, finishing everything, and then transferring and almost walking into the corporate world saying, here I am, let's figure this out now. It was probably like the rest of your life, right? The transitions that you had gone through and developed in who you are today. Um, that's just so cool. I think yeah. that is that is the coolest transition ever. I mean, that was probably not the coolest transition at the time. It's probably pretty hard. But, I mean, you probably learned so much from those just few years of transitioning. Well, I did. In fact, transitioning is a very, I'm very passionate about that because yeah. You know, people transition in their lives yeah. through different things. Uh, once they, they transition from their youth to an adult, they transition um, to various professions yeah. and each of or cultures even. And so each of those require a learning agility and an open mindset in order to be able to navigate that transition effectively. For sure, for sure. What do you think was the number one lesson you learned from your time with the military? Leadership. Okay. So it's, it was one of the very best examples to date of what a good leader looks like. Okay. Explain that a little bit more. Yeah. So what did you see of good leadership qualities that you then said, I want to take this and I want to be this someday? Yeah. So the military, at least where I was, mm -hmm. uh, believed in servant leadership in a sense, right? Okay. And so... As an example, if you were to take a group of a troops to a place, let's just say even to go eat, as an example, then as a leader, you don't run up to the front line. Yeah. Uh, you actually make sure that your troops are taken care of and you are last. Yeah. Which is a great way to think about... Um, how you take care of people and yeah. are of service to them to make sure that they're okay first. Yeah. And that was a huge theme in the military. 
that you always take care of your people first. Yeah, your team, right? Because I mean, right. that team is, those are your people. Yeah. Those may be your closest peers. Those may be the people that you need to depend on in certain moments that could be life or death. And in the military, it really could be life or death. I mean, there are certain situations that you have to rely closely with your team, with your troops, with your, your people, right? Um, and so being able to take those leadership qualities, right? We talked with David um, Collins on servant leadership. And one thing that he always took was with servant leadership, you have to meet people where they are, mm. right? And you have to really get to their level and say, where are you mentally? Where are you? How can I help you? You know, what can we do to help each other? Did you experience that? I'm assuming you probably did a lot with the people you were working with and even the leaders that were your leaders. Well, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think that's just something that happens in life. Yeah. It, you have to meet people where they are. Yeah. Because a lot of times people can't, can't and won't make the shift to something that they can't see because they're in a different place. Yeah. And so uh, understanding how you do that through empathy, through understanding their world, through trying to figure out what their steps are, how you can help or how you can serve them in order to move forward to accomplish that mission, whatever that might be, that's really key and it's a, it's a key trait uh, of a leader. Yeah, for sure. And you first-handedly getting to experience that one in the military and then put that into practice in your own life is huge, yes. right? I mean, if you wouldn't have seen that from your leaders in the military, who's to say that you wouldn't have been able to learn that as easy as you did? That's right. Yeah. That's and, exactly right. And being able to, to be able to see your leaders say, okay, we're going to take care of Michelle. We're going to take care of Michelle's peers and make sure that they're good, they're taken care of, and then that'll transition to them and they'll learn that from us, right? I mean, and that, that's life, right? Being able to take those lessons from those good and those bad leaders and being able to say, I want to use this or I don't want to use that. I saw that was not an effective way to lead. Right? That's right? And you probably ran into a, a few ineffective leaders during your time of the military too. Um, and being able to, to kind of brace yourself and say, I want these qualities. And maybe I needed to establish that or take that a different way than that person did, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And which is every day, yeah. right? And that's, that's right. even in the corporate world. That's right. How did you end up with Serve to Perform? So I did uh, about another 20 years okay. in corporate America in a number of different companies. Okay. And then at that time, I found myself um, in Northwest Arkansas uh, with an opportunity to do something on my own. Okay. And I was approached and mutually, I mean, we, we, we sought each other out, uh, the search to, search to perform. And um, I had a discussion with a couple of uh, key people here that I've known for a while and they what I what I really loved was the mission yeah. and so as a result of that I'm able to contribute yeah to the mission of serve to perform yeah and like we've just talked about you you know servant leadership in the military right and that goes through your whole life and into corporate world and then now being able to work for a company who is based on serving yes. yeah and it's kind of full full circle yeah. almost being able to say yeah that's what I learned at such a young age and then now that's what I'm teaching yes. and what I'm coaching and what I'm working with people on that's right um, and so tell us a little bit about what you do with Serve to Perform now what is your position um, and then just tell us a little bit about what you get to work on on a daily basis sure so I'm an independent coach with Serve to Perform and so what that means is what I I work with people leaders in the community leaders in other in companies that 
uh, would like to understand a little bit more about how they can be more effective okay. in, in whatever way that might be. Yeah. And so I spend some time in, a lot of time actually, in coaching okay. and developing and talking to companies around talent and how they might engage their talent going forward in a different way. Yeah. How did the things you learned in the military and as such a young, ch- I mean, child, 17 years old, right? But you grew up quick. You had to probably. That's right. I mean, getting, yeah. getting into the military, you were probably like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm grown now. I've got to figure it out. How did those lessons that you learned at such a young age translate into what you're doing now with Serve to Perform? Well, I think uh, the main lesson that I learned, one of the main lessons I learned in the military was really around perseverance. Yeah. Um, agility. Yeah. And that has been a theme for me throughout my entire life. And so sometimes when I talk to leaders in various companies, they may be struggling a little bit with how they can proceed, what the next step is. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just about taking the next step and then seeing what the next step is from there, as opposed to always having the whole plan entirely worked out. So I think that I took from the military the ability to be able to assess the situation, and if you can't fully blow out the plan, you know that you do know what the little incremental steps are to get you ultimately to where you want to be. Yeah, and I mean, being agile, having that agility factor of your life was probably huge in the military, but it's also probably huge now even. And being able to coach people through those moments and say, okay, yeah, it didn't go as planned, but that's okay. Let's figure out what the plan is now, and let's figure out how to get to the end goal. Right. Right? Go ahead. Well, especially during COVID. I mean, this wasn't planned by anybody. So this was a... Uh, completely crazy time for many, many people. And people have to adjust based on this new reality. Yeah. And and being agile in a time that's so weird because it's so unknown. I mean, it's it's so weird, right? It's weird to be sitting here talking to somebody in person. It's like, oh, wow, we're here. Like we're, this is real because we're so used to the virtual screens. We're used to being at home and And so it's very different, right? And me and Megan have talked a lot about like, oh, we get to come to the office today. Like we're so excited and that's not how it used to be because it was something we did every day, you know? And so it's it's kind of a refreshing time, but it's also like, okay, now you have to really factor in that agility more than you ever have. Um, And you've probably had to coach through and even realize in your own life, like, okay, I've got to be agile right now. Like I've got to figure it out. I've got to figure out how to make things happen. But thank you so much, Michelle, for joining us today. We are so thankful and grateful to have you on our team. You are such an asset, even if you don't believe it. (laughs) You are definitely huge for what we do here at Serve to Perform. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Yeah.